TBN Network. Browns fans talking to Browns fans. A mama cooks in Italy, a mama swims in Argentina, mama's got a chunga, yeah. My mama's watching Venezuela, mama likes Cinderella, mama. I don't know yet, but I'm excited. The Cleveland Browns select Baker Mayfield. Yes! 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 My friends, it's difficult to adequately describe to you this uh, this feeling. I know that you're feeling it as well. So what we're going to do here is we're just going to enjoy it together for a while as our beloved Orange Helmets finally, finally, finally come out on top. Emerging victorious tonight over the New York football Jets by a final of 21 to 17 at Factory of Sadness at First Energy Field and the game was uh it, you know th- th- this one I, I got to tell you I've I've been around this team for a long time uh <clears throat> let's see it's 2018 so now that's what 27 years that's how much investment I've got in in this franchise I've get I'm as I'm going here if I get distracted it's because I have <laughs> you wouldn't you wouldn't believe how many people have been um have been texting me congratulations like people i haven't even haven't heard of in a long time they're like man know how much you love the browns and and you know what they're not saying this is and, and this is if any of you people are listening this is not any uh i'm, I'm not a slight it's not uh, sour grapes it's not anything of the sort it's just what they're really saying is my god we, we even we can't believe how bad the browns have been for as long as they have been <laughs> and uh, to see that you know go down the way that it did was just um and, and, and trust me we're going to get through all all of it and and more but just the uh the feeling right now like i say i've been around this this uh, club for a a long long time uh almost 3 decades and this feeling that i have right now th- th- this win here this this win tonight was as big as I don't know, uh, more than than eighty five, ninety percent. I can maybe only think of a couple of games that actually, because unfortunately, over that whole period of time, we've been very, very bad. So there haven't really been a whole lot of playoff, you know, caliber years. This, this win here was bigger than any of the ones we had in twenty fourteen, in my opinion. You know, even the big win over the the Steelers we had that year, uh, because this was a. I mean, there was a lot of things that I, I mean, the game itself obviously wasn't going very well. Uh, you know, we're down fourteen nothing. We're we're losing to a a team that has a rookie quarterback, but a very uh, well coached. You know, I mean, the, 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 I think I don't think that it's even a question. The Jets are a better coached team than we are, and I think that that showed in many respects throughout the course of the game tonight. But I, I'm not, you know, not, not going to complain about that um, <laughs> at the moment. I, I will as, as 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 we go by. But I'm just too happy. I'm just too elated uh, by by all of it. But it's 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 not just um, that we won this game, but it's kind of how it happened, and it, it's it's for that reason. Like I was kind of expecting. I, I, I don't think I'm really explaining myself well. And hey, look, you're going to have to just forgive me here. I'm doing the best I can. I'm just uh, I, I'm I'm just I, I'm I, I I'm so happy and i am so just uh, thrilled beyond belief to have have watched this go down the way that it did i was expecting coming out of this game tonight and i you know talked about wrote about all that 
that uh, we, we would we would end up you know slugging out a, a an ugly game, play good defense, uh, better than actually I thought that we we did end up playing in the game, but that we'd play good defense and get enough out of thyroid and the offense to uh, to, to to scrape out an ugly win, but a win nonetheless that would be very important for you know Hugh Jackson and very impactful. But it didn't quite go down that way, as you uh, as you well know the uh, the way it did go down was Tyrod Taylor, who I you know I'm not gonna I'm not gonna bag on Tyrod. Yeah, the the man miss he definitely missed some plays. He definitely left some uh, some points on the field. There's just no two ways about that. But, but I but I greatly admire him. I think that he's a you know wonderful guy and a uh, has been you know just tremendous in the role that he has been in. But clearly he gets injured. And the word on the injury was a concussion. It looked to me like he was really pressing uh, up to that point. I don't, and I don't have any numbers in front of me. I'm doing all of this extemporaneously after the game. I, 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 the only – well, I'll, I did I did hear and memorize some numbers that I'll get to later on. But uh, I know Taylor's were not good, and the play was even worse. He just he – he, he was just – he was just off uh, – he was just – it was just an off night. And two out of three games really where he was off. You know, Pittsburgh, a lot of the – uh, you know, reasoning was given to, had to do with the weather and so forth, and I'm not discounting that you know, out of hand. And certainly, he looked better last week against the Saints. But you know, I think probably the Jets are a better uh, coach defense than what the Saints have, because you know, like the Saints were running some zone. I'm like, oh, wow, wow, why, why, how, and how, and why would you do that against Tyrod Taylor when you know the the disparity in um, in his you know performance? But at any rate, the uh, the the game tonight was was not going well and you know we're we we have a uh, you know special teams miscue get a block punt nick chubb rookie quarterback or i'm sorry rookie running back uh, aikman troy aikman calling the game tonight with uh with uh, joe buck who you know, did you notice that he got in a nice thing to say about the indians he like actually alluded to the indians winning the world series this year i think i don't know i think that he he caught a lot of flack over his uh, world series performance and uh, wanted to get that in there just wanted to make sure he got it in there at one point uh, during the night but at any rate Aikman was uh, commenting on uh, Nick Chubb that you know when you're when you're the guy at the University of Georgia you're not going to be you know on punt protection and I think that's true I think it's a good point and excuse me again while I, I hate to I always hate to adjust this and I'm I'm still not in the full setup here uh, that's better I'm still not in the full setup here for the DBN network I got uh, I got a backup thing going on here but it's all good you don't care the rounds won what, what, what do you care about what I'm dealing with you know te- issue uh, technical issue wise here uh, at the old DBN network you don't because we just won baby and we won um, again you know after being down early in the game and I think the point that Aikman made was a good one that Chubb is your you know, guy that's uh, you know on he he he's he's the star, and and you see this, and it probably has a lot to do with why we're having special teams problems to begin with, other than the fact that we we probably seriously downgraded from Chris Tabor, but because uh, what we, what we have right now, I mean, it's just it seems to be bad at every level of of the game of the kicking game, but at any rate. Uh, that that play led to kind of a t- you know, early touchdown by built some confidence up for the Jets. Sam Darnold, the third uh, pick overall in this last draft, and certainly the one with the dumbest looking face. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. It's it's all in fun. But uh, Darnold, I, 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 by the way, I like Darnold. I thought he was a good prospect. I wouldn't have been displeased had we uh, drafted him instead of the direction that we went in. But 
We didn't, and I was more pleased with the direction that we did go into. But at, at any rate, he was able to pay off that drive by and, – and, you know, and this is what I mean by better coaching. There was just so many moments in this game that was frustrating where particularly – I mean, I, I, I didn't <sighs> – I was kind of expecting us to be anemic on office with uh, with Taylor in the game because that's just kind of how it's been, right? Um, and so I, it, that's why when that's going on, I didn't really have a problem with that. What I have a problem with is the defense giving up uh, points to that Jet offense, and when they score first, and then they have a long drive against us. After the, um, the short field where they score, they have a long drive against us where they basically figured out that – and in this – I mean – it's frustrating because they figured out, well, we got a rookie quarterback, and these guys have a pretty good pass rush, so why don't we try to slow that down by just running the hell out of it? So they did, and we just didn't you know, adjust to it, didn't make uh, the corrections on it, at least in the short term. It was able to stop them from scoring, so they get they go up 14 nothing, and I, at that point, it, I'm like, all right, it's over. It's over, and you know, it's time now to start the whole conversation about you know the exodus of Hugh Jackson and all of that because this was you know coming into this game this was for me the you know I gave I gave kind of Hugh the credit the, the benefit of the doubt uh after the performance in New Orleans you you know you heard me I was talking about it last Sunday and I've thought about it you know what like okay right, Hugh I'm, I'm willing to give it to you but that that team up until a certain point um looked listless looked like they were out like like they just looked like they were severely outcoached uh, and and outplayed uh, really on on all phases of the game. Quite honestly, the Jets were just straight beating the hell out of us. And and then uh, after they scored, we have the ball and we have this. Um, actually, I don't think that there was the, no. There was this weird helter skelter drive that we had going on in the first half where uh, Tremaine Johnson had a personal foul. Which by the way, it happened right after. You notice Isaiah Crowell scores a touchdown and he wipes his ass with the ball. I'm sorry. I don't usually use uh, such harsh language. That's what happened, and it, it's, and, and you realize you you know he, the announcer oh it's a stupid play that's obviously it. he's he's clearly thinking to himself it's the Browns that I'm playing here. Have you seen what they're looking like tonight? Uh, I'm, oh, I'm gonna yeah I'm gonna do that. I'm gonna make that move, and nothing bad is going to happen because I know this because I played on this team for four years, and that's the way that that's going to three years however long it was he was with us, and that's the way that's that's exactly what happened. You know, we ended up with the ball on the 25-yard line after that. For him, blatantly disrespectful. Which I look at—I'm not—I'm not complaining. I'm certainly not complaining about that on a night like this. What are you nuts? I'm just saying. I was—I um, just noticed that. And then Tremaine Johnson does—you know—has a penalty against us, and he probably was thinking the same thing. Like, oh, okay, fine, I'll give him field position. What does it matter? What does it ever matter? Whenever we get a break, what does it ever matter? Whenever we get a turnover or anything like that, it just—it doesn't. It never matters. Because we never take advantage of it. And the reason that we never take advantage of it is because of, usually, the lack of quality at the quarterback position. Because, my good buddies, we know that the NFL is a league that is governed by the aggressive use of the passing game. And if you are able to aggressively pass the ball in the NFL, then you are able to win in the NFL. If you are not able to pass the ball in the NFL, then you don't have a chance of winning. And by the way, being able to pass the ball doesn't mean that you can necessarily win games. There's a whole lot of other things that have to go right. It's just the prerequisite that gets your foot in the door. 
And up until that point, um, the Jets really didn't have that going on. Darnold was okay. I mean, he wasn't particularly great, but he made a couple of throws. I'm not going to tear him up uh, too much. He, did, I, he didn't make any like egregious mistakes that just jump off the the, the, the tape at me. I, of course, I haven't watched the tape yet, but uh, as watching it in real time, it looked for the most part like he, you know, it, it, he, I, I thought that Darnold held up pretty well. And certainly he has his team up 14 nothing until a a succession of plays where you know Tyrod Taylor just you know doesn't look good and then he um he gets taken down and is it, it, first of all his leg gets bent up and his head smacks the ground so he comes out of the game and this is with about 3 minutes or so left in the first half and that's when um that's 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 when that is the moment when everything changed because out strode onto the field our number one pick in the draft, number six from the University of Oklahoma, Baker Mayfield. And you know, th- 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 at that moment, I, got, I mean, I got to. I'm not. I wasn't wanting Tyrod Taylor to be hurt, but I just, I, I. <laughs> I, I really am trying to temper <laughs> all of this. Some of you that know me maybe may have already picked up on that. I, I'm just I'm so excited about this that trying to um, contain all of it is just it's. I, I just need to space myself out because I've, I have plenty of time to get to all of everything that I want to say about all of this. It's just I want to say everything I, I want to say about it all right now, at this moment, and, and it's just difficult for me to to to, to do and, and and pace myself. But the the jubilation that I felt at the moment that he came on. Of the field, and then I, I mean, just before even throwing the first pass, just you watch the way that he navigates the huddle. You watch the way that he gets guys lined up. You watch the way that he reads the defense and reacts to what it does, and d- the things that he does pre-snap. You know, all of this stuff. Immediately, he comes into the game, and he looks like he's been doing this forever. He, he, couple of sharp passes. Now, he didn't have the fumble. Don't get me wrong. He had the fumble where he, uh, Betonio picked it up, which, you know, got to give, you definitely got to give uh, Betonio props for that mad effort where he picks up the ball and rumbles for nine yards on what was a strip sack. And I didn't see the replay, but it looked like Hubbard got beat again. Um, but it wasn't um, Desmond Harrison, who also for the second week in a row looked like he had a pretty solid game overall from what I could see. But uh, which, by the way, the, the the progression of the offensive line as we go through here, I think is going to be very important to um, to dissect. But uh, as I'm watching Mayfield do this, as, as I'm seeing him kind of all, all of the things that you got to do, all of the you know getting the guys together, running everything in the huddle, doing it quickly. How many times have we seen rookie quarterbacks go out there and just be lost? Uh, and last year, particularly with the Sean Kaiser, not going to you know. Um, uh, defecate on him but just going to point out that there was so much of last year where he gets up to the line and there's nine seconds on the play clock and he just he just looks confused and he just always kind of seemed like Bup uh, used to point out he always seemed like he was a beat behind and you can sometimes make up for that with exceptional talent you know arm strength particularly but not usually not in the NFL well Baker gets up there and he's immediately he's immediately making adjustments at the line and he's immediately uh, identifying the 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 um, the weaknesses in the defense. All of a sudden, we got playmakers. All of a sudden, Landry shows up. All of a sudden, Njoku shows up. And as I'm watching all of this, it's it, 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 I just cannot escape the, the 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 voice in my head that is just screaming as loud as it can possibly be. This is the first time that he has been together with the ones all year. All year, he has not been with the first team offense until a drive before the half 
when we're down by 14 points. So he's behind the eight ball with the first team off. I just could I I could not silence that voice. That's all. It just kept like a drumbeat in my head as I'm watching him navigate the pocket, get everybody in motion, and then making the passes. And he can make the passes. First half ends with a field goal attempt. Our guy uh, Joseph. Hey, guy guy got it done. He he got he came in, got had a had a little swerve action, um, you know, curling back inside. Whatever it went through, and we're probably gonna be playing musical chair. But you know, I kind of like a kicker that wears number seventeen. I don't know why. I don't know why. I also like the guy named Joseph. Hey, it's it's quality. But uh, the uh, you know that 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 was the most offense we had seen. I mean, other than the the uh, Hail Mary teardrop last week at New Orleans, that was the best offense we'd seen all year up to that point, quite honestly, where we're getting chunk plays with the passing game. Just haven't seen it. I can't, oh, no, actually, I can't say that because Tyrod did have a couple of nice drives like that uh, against the Saints. I, I'm not going to just totally, um, as I say, I'm not, I, he has been bad. He has had his moments, and he certainly, and look, before before all of this, he missed he missed a streaking Antonio Callaway who would have, you know, scored actually twice. There were two plays, one of which, and I got to say this, the there was a play in the first half where uh, the ball is being thrown deep to Callaway. It's underthrown badly, and the, the free, the safety, I can't think of the guy's name, but he had a hell of a night. Can't uh, I can't think of his. Uh, it'll. it'll uh, at, at any rate, he um just ma- makes a perfect play. Like he's got his eyes back, he's looking at the ball, he's playing the ball, and he runs into the receiver. And some people were complaining, "Well, he got his eyes up and he looked at the receiver before running into him." So okay, fine, it was still a good play. Point is, that's that's I I never expect that to be called. Like, when I see a, a defender and he's backpedaling with his eyes looking at the ball like he's going for it, I don't think that you can ever call that. And so, but any, but either way, that wasn't even necessary because Callaway was so open that all he had to do was drop it in the bucket and that's six. And then there was another play later on where he really had the guy beat. And then, but he, it was so underthrown that the safety was able to catch up. And I think actually as the game went on, and I, I don't know, I could be wrong about this, but I, you know, I try to be not not to say that anybody else is. This is not me being like easies like preaching at anybody else about the way they ought to conduct their lives. I'm just saying that I try to look at these guys as like people. These and, and as the the way that the the game kind of unfolds and trying to kind of see it from their point of view as individuals and not just, you know, kind of nameless faceless numbers on a jersey that are, you know, their names on a roster but that's really all and look some part of me, or there, there is some part of me that never would have cared at all about Tyrod Taylor, except for the fact that he plays for my team. I, they, okay, that's fair. Just like I never would have cared about Josh Gordon and his, you know, problems with um, substance abuse, except for he played for my team. And maybe that's a, uh, a character flaw on my part, but I just don't make it a point to know about every guy that's got substance abuse problems in the NFL. Uh, and not not that there would be any reason to know all of that. Point is, if you're on my team, I'm going to know more about you. But in the case of Tyrod Taylor, it just seemed to me that he was kind of like when, when the booze started coming in, right, when people started like really showing, I think that he really started pressing. I almost think that he was pressing to the point where he's like, if I do get hurt, whatever, I'd rather do that. Than, I'm not trying to say that he quit. Uh, I just think that he he got to a point where um, he was so frustrated, you know, that that he ended up taking, um, you know, maybe like, I don't, it's, it's difficult to describe this. Have you ever just been so mad that you just like, you know, punched a wall? 
And it's like, okay, you, you, look, idiot, all you did was either, you know, you could have broke your drywall or broke your hand, or both maybe, you know, and what did you really accomplish there? Well, nothing, but I, I don't really feel better, but I feel something. <laughs> I feel something that I that I wanted to feel, uh, and I don't necessarily feel good about it, but if I had to do all over again, I'd probably do it again because, you know, that's just, you know, the way that sometimes, you know, and, and maybe, I don't know, people are all different. Well, I think that maybe that's what was going on there where the guy was like, I'm just going to, if i got to break through this wall myself with my head, you know, that I'm going to do it. And I haven't gone back and looked at the replay of the how he actually got hurt, so this is all conjecture on my part. So don't, you know, don't take any of it actually seriously. But my, what I'm saying is that I just think that at that point, um, had we not gone to, uh, or had had he not got hurt at that point, I would think, I would hope anyway, that Jackson, the coach Hugh Jackson, would have made the switch to Mayfield at some point, because I don't think that he ever was getting it back, in this game anyway. The Jets' uh, game plan for him, and I, you know, I heard uh, one of the announcers say at halftime that that Todd Bowles said, hey, you know, we looked at Baker Mayfield, and I'm, it's, it's, I have no idea what Todd Bowles even sounds like, so that's not an impression of him, but that was, I mean, it's more like the uh, impression of the announcer describing what Bowles said, which was, uh, you know, we didn't really prepare for Baker Mayfield all that much, uh, or we're not going to change what we do because of him, because we know that he's, we, you know, basically, whatever it is that we were going to do, we're going to do no matter who was in there. And I, and I, at that moment, I thought to myself, well, <laughs> you may not know that, that, that Baker's actually, he, he, he might be able to do some things, but you know, I'm like, and, and look at, there was a moment on that, that opening drive in the first half before halftime, when he comes out, bam, strike to Landry, bam, strike to, uh, strike to Njoku. And I just I got this this feeling over me, this just overwhelming sense of I can't even describe it. It's it's uh, just a sense of it's been so long. The wait has been before we've that we've had a legitimate like a guy that we can look at and we can really see with in in the full light of day against an NFL defense that we could see we actually have a guy that 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 everything I'm not trying to say that that um that that his performance validated my um um you know evaluation of him throughout the entire process which I'm not going to get into uh tonight but it just was such a a gratifying feeling. It just, I, 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 it's hard to describe. It's like a, a feeling of warmth. I, I, I feel weird even describing this, but it was like a feeling of warmth just cascaded across my entire body as I'm watching this because I'm like, I, I am, I am so excited. I am so happy, and the kid is exactly what I knew he was going to be, and go get him, son. That's just like, I, that, like all of that was going through my mind as I'm watching that drive. So then the second half begins and the, the, the way that he comes out, um, you know, there's just, uh, there, the, everything that, um, that, that we were excited about in terms of the, the, the smarts that he has, um, the ability again to, I've always said this, you got to be able to, from the pocket, be able to make quick, accurate decisions I'm sorry. So it's it's um it's obviously been a long day and it's late, but uh you know quick, smart decisions and sharp, accurate throws from the pocket. And once he got in there in the second half, again he's down the entire game. He's down fourteen to three at halftime. He comes out and dude is shooting lights out. He's doing exactly that. And he's and by the way, there's several moments throughout this entire sequence when he had to bail guys out because of drops. There was three drops. 
Lando had one that I just, I, like, come on, dude. I mean, we we gave up, you know, quite a bit. For, well, I mean, we gave up, you know, relatively paltry in terms of what the guy actually can deliver on the field. But come on. I mean, he, he made up for it. He made up for it a couple of plays later by taking a I, – I, trust me, I love Lando. It's all good. And, but Njoku came up. But, he had, but they had, um, you know, three drops. But it, at no point when that happened, I think there was a holding penalty in there and a couple of other things that uh, – illegal block in the back. What the uh, – what in the world is with this thing? It's been a, a thing all year on us. I was telling my wife when my, my very first year of watching, playing, like really getting involved and invested in football, it's like every team, including the Browns, but every team that I cared about, played for, and rooted for just were haunted by the illegal block in the back clipping. It was uncanny. I just thought it was part of life. I just figured, okay, NFL, you have this illegal block in the back. And then for like, again, like 27 years, I don't have, but then this year, all of a sudden it's, it's back. It's like, it's haunting me with every and, and like all of my teams are having this problem happen to them of course all of my teams mostly are just the browns because they're basically the only team that i really pay attention to other than the buckeyes who are undefeated after starting the year three and zero and beating the number 15 tcu horned frogs uh, without their coach now they have their coach back for the home stretch and um that's very nice speaking of very nice and ohio state carlos hyde with uh, two touchdowns tonight how about that guy huh his what his his wife is you know goes into a labor i guess they induced they weren't expecting to but his son is born on his birthday he runs from the hospital to get to the game and he scores two touchdowns from the ohio state university boy, carlos hyde but of course they were uh, both of them were set up by the uh, the playmaking ability of again the aforementioned rookie quarterback baker mayfield who was just everything that you would look at. Um, there was a stat that came up that said uh, that he was the first quarterback to, in his debut, uh, come from behind by 14 points to win a game. They said Ryan Fitzpatrick, but I don't believe that Ryan Fitzpatrick was a rookie in 2005. Because he maybe he was, I don't know. Maybe he just came out of uh, of college late. Because I because I'm wondering when was the last time if he was a rookie. In other words, your debut your, your debut may not necessarily be in your rookie year. He could have been, a, and I don't. I just don't know. I'm curious if it is the case. Because how many rookies come into a game down 14 and win that game because they were the ones that got it done? And look, we have a pretty good barometer, right? On you know what, we have two barometers to measure the performance of Mayfield. First, we have the the veteran quarter. The quintessential, the and look at Tyrod Taylor. Did I just say look at twice in thirty seconds? That's a lot. <laughs> but Tyrod Taylor is a veteran quarterback. We brought him in here to be that veteran stabilizing force, right? We all know the drill. We heard it, you know, the, be the bridge guy, and he's just going to manage the offense and do just enough for us to be able to get W's. Well, he was pretty pretty bad. Um, so you can compare how he performed within the same offense with how Mayfield performed. And you can also uh, measure and compare how Mayfield performed against another rookie that was taken two picks uh, after him, and that is Sam Darnold of the New York Jets. And I don't think that there's even a question. There's not even a little bit of a question that he was the best quarterback on the field tonight by a lot, by an awful lot. And I thought Sam Darnold played a pretty good game. I mean, i got to be honest with you. I've made some quite hilarious comments about his uh his his just his face and i say it's quite hilarious because my wife was busting up wow that was fun she she was she she was it, it was fantastic we we because we've been we, she's been with me now through in this journey we've been married this this year will be uh, 14 years that we've been together 
and so she's been with me and the entire time you know oh she's been with me watching these uh watching this team so it was an emotional night for her too and she was down with it uh, it was fun as hell for, <laughs> for the, the whole experience but uh then you know as i say he's 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 coming out there and he's doing all the things that you want i i asked her i said you've seen you know all the rookie quarterbacks that we've pulled out over the years have you ever seen a rookie come out and look like that and she's like she's she's like you know i'm just not going to even listen to anything that you're saying here because i just don't i'm just not going to believe this i'm just not going to believe because it's just it, basically what she's saying is you're going to jinx this and i'm like nope nope this is the first i'm i am not ball i can't wait till fourth gets up <laughs> he says it because he had to forfeit this he's going to get up he's going to see what happened he's going to be like he's going to be worse than me knocking crap over with his wood i'm just saying that it's a it's an exciting time for those of us that kind of sort of like you know could could kind of see that this was coming let me ask you this knowing what you know now um is there any doubt in your mind even a little bit of a doubt in your mind where we would be had mayfield started the first two games of this season i'm just gonna let that question sit there and you can you can just think about it and maybe we'll get back to it later but to me the the difference in the flow and the pacing of the offense was obviously was immediate uh, and then after after starting down fourteen nothing, a tremendous uh, effort to not only score the touchdown on a, I mean just an awesome throw and catch. Uh, uh, Baker gets it down to Lando, who jumps, who gets his a, a, arms around the, just makes a fantastic catch down the seam. I think it was twenty nine yards. Set us up first to goal at the one. Hyde punches it in from there, and then we go for it. And uh, for the two-point conversion to tie the game, we don't get it, but we get the offsetting penalties. We get a second shot at it, and on the second shot, we run the uh, double reverse left-handed pass back to Mayfield, who scores a two-point conversion. Scores a two-point conversion before scoring a touchdown. Uh, How awesome is that (laughs) to start a career for uh, Baker Mayfield? But then... That tied the game up at 14. And I'm thinking, man, it'd be nice if we could get the kid out there with the lead. No, 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 can't have that. The Jets then proceed to, to march down the field again using a sequence of running plays and that wide receiver bubble screen just killed us all night. I just, I hated it. I, I don't know how many times they run it, but it felt like they ran it like 12 times. And it worked every damn time. And there was, there was just a lot of that. There, were, there was a lot of times tonight on, particularly when they were on offense, where they're, they're, their scheme just beat our scheme. Just beat the, particularly on that drive where they ran it down our throats. I think that there's no, uh, it, it wasn't a talent disparity. Like it'd be easy to say that, oh, we got rid of Danny Shelton because that's what I sound like when I make fun of people. No, Danny Shelton, he's a big fat guy. Would have been clogged up the running lane. I don't know if that really would have made much of a difference because I don't think that our problems with the running game had anything to do with. That was a good impersonation to me. What do you think? But I don't think it really made much of a difference because I think that the problem that we had with the running game was scheme, that we were just out of position. And when it, it came time for them to, you know, get guys in space, they just they just had our number. They ran that zone, and Bilal Powell was just eating us up in chunks. Uh, Crowell, not so much. He, did, he had his moments down by the goal line. But um, it was and, – and Crowell's a pretty good zone back, actually. But it was – Powell was the one that was just getting us in chunks. So then they drive down the field. Darnold had a good drive. Made a nice throw on third down to what's-his-face. And they uh, they end up kicking a field goal. They go ahead 17-14. So then Mayfield gets the ball back, goes down the field again. And this time is able to – uh, drive it down the f- and and again it's you're watching these passes and they're just they're just they're zipped in there 
and Jarvo drops that pass on on uh, second down. And I think that we had a penalty or something like that, so it's a long play. But then he makes up for it by catching the pass and taking the hit to make it a um, a, a. And then we get the touchdown called back. Uh, you remember that we get the touchdown called. We we score a touchdown, get it called back. So then we got to start the process all over again. Now we score the touchdown on uh, third down, and that was uh, you know I mean it was it had to overcome all of that, but it all started with. You know, the Jets had a game plan for us. They had our number. They they were beating the hell out of us. I mean, there's no two ways about this. They were absolutely clobbering us. And if if we did not have Baker Mayfield on the bench to come into the game and Tyrod would have had to continue, or if we had to bring in uh, Rex Skelton to, come in, to, uh, to finish it off, then we're talking about a they, – they probably end up walking away with this thing like 28-3. to 3. The way that they were doing what they were doing. Because it's not just the way that we were able to move the ball. It's that because we were able to move the ball, the defense didn't have to be out there as much. And also, when you're just constantly giving it back and you're not able to do things, then that is demoralizing. You end up giving up chunk plays. And you, you know, the, I don't have to explain this to you. You've seen us lose games. Uh, it, it, you've all seen us lose a lot of games. So to win a game, and then even at the end there, you know, I, I don't really have a whole lot to complain about the way that Hugh handled that situation. I'm sitting there because after, you know, we uh, we get the touchdown, you know, we're all excited. And I'm thinking to myself, OK, you know, it's two minutes and four seconds left. They got three timeouts and he's got to score a touchdown because we're up by four. I'm feeling pretty good about this. Um, but I'm also feeling like, you know, but if they if they go down and score, it's not likely that we're that uh, Baker's going to have a chance to get down to uh, answer late in the game. So the defense is really going to have to win it here. But I'm thinking, hey, you know, our defensive front against their – they're not really going to be able to – their offensive line is going to have to block our defensive line because Dirtnold's going to have to stand back there and make passes. Um, and, you know, we, we, we get the – what ends up happening was Ogunjobi forces the interception. And that was, which is again, you know, that guy, that man, what a great, great uh, find he was. He gets the interception, or he he gets the pressure that forces the interception. And at that point, I got people texting me, you know, congrats. I got uh, my wife is basically like jumping up and down, ready to you know start celebrating the win. And I'm thinking, okay, they got three timeouts. And this is, you know, Matt Wood. I, I mentioned this before many times. Matt Matt Wood, who's our uh, compatriot at um, dogsbynature.com and the DBN Network. He's been a contributor with us many times. But he has said before, and I think he's exactly right about this, that uh, you could get basically any random Madden guy, like a guy that just plays a lot of Madden, and that guy probably, if he's played enough, will know how to handle end-of-half, end-of-game clock situations better than 90% of the coaching staffs that are employed to do this very thing. And I'm in that that category. I have played a lot of Madden. And, and not just that, I've watched a lot of football over the years, so I've kind of developed a pretty ironclad way of doing it when you get down to a certain uh, down and you know point in the game because anything can happen in the final two minutes as you know we, we saw certainly last week against the Saints and you got to be prepared and that's you know kind of that whole living in the margins thing you got to do things the right way and in that circumstance you know we get the ball back I think we're at like the 45 maybe we get and we're on their side of the field and at that point they've still got three timeouts and there's a minute 16 on the clock. And at that point, I'm thinking to myself, man, we need a first down. 
And I also know that if we put it in Baker's hands, he's probably going to get us a first down. But at the same time, I'm thinking, you know, you have to take into consideration here that whatever else happens on this drive, we have got to force the Jets to use all three of their timeouts. Because if we don't get a first down, we, we cannot, there's a couple of things that we really can't do. We cannot kick a field goal, and that's especially with a guy that we just got who had the way. I mean, it's, it's not even so much that I mean, we've ha- obviously we've had the problems with the the blocked kicks uh, over the last couple of weeks, but I'm not even talking about that because a blocked kick being you know another kick six that could totally happen. But I'm not even talking about that. You missed the kick. Now you're giving them great field position, and you know you can't do that. So what we needed to do is we we needed to do basically what we need what we did there we needed to run the ball try to get the first down and hide amazingly almost got it i was shocked because i'm thinking to myself if i know this the jets know this you know i never think to myself that if i know something i'm smarter than anybody else i'm thinking that if i know something particularly when you're talking about in the context of a, of a football coach if i know something the coaches should absolutely know it right and so i so that's why i was kind of shocked that uh, that hyde was able to get as close as he did but on fourth and two i thought it was absolutely the right decision you kick the ball pin them deep which we did put them at the five yard line now you're in a spot where darnold's got to go he's got to go 95 yards in 56 seconds with no timeouts and what ended up happening we end up getting you know enough uh pressure on him where we first of all we cause a uh a a sack which really that just got the 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 clock running more than anything else causes him to force the, the ball uh terrence mitchell intercepts uh, my wife is jumping up and down again. The dogs are barking like crazy because you see, any time that I react, uh, it usually involves very uh, sudden movements. And I've got two dogs. I've got a a very um, small but loud. Uh, she's a uh, what is she? She's a, she's a Yorkie mix. Um, She's, I mean, she's adorable. We've had her forever. But she's very loud, and any time that she sees me jumping, she starts barking. Well, we also have this huge monster, uh, 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 Terrier, Staffordshire Terrier, um, Ridgeback mix, uh, kind of like a pit bull. And I love this dog. I love this dog. But anyway, they both... Uh, just start, you know, just they start reacting to my reacting, which is which actually kind of creates a cool environment because I'm I'm exercised. She's yelling and the dogs are barking and it's all because the Browns are are doing something really, really awesome. It's just it kind of creates a, a really uh, a killer atmosphere at, uh, at Casa de Easy. And so um, the uh, at that moment, I'm like, OK, did he did he catch the ball? Is he inbounds or any flags or any flags? No flags, no flags. We win. We win win and we win because baker mayfield played enough of that football game for us to win how much would we have won by if he would have started that game and is there any doubt in your mind that we would be three and oh right now had he started but you know what who cares i i don't uh i'm looking at now a long uh time off i've heard a lot and i haven't heard any i i, I haven't heard anything i i got done with the game i answered like, like five or six texts that i got from people um touch base with the fellas that I, that I uh, chat with on a regular basis that are kind of kind of like the, the the brain trust as it were uh, and then I was able to post one gif on the victory blog because that's such a, a special thing man god enjoy that one guys enjoy the victory blog I, I or the I would I actually that, that's the only the down the, the only downside although it hasn't really been that big of an issue you know right so far since the DBN network has been up and running 
which started in uh, 2016. That's how long. So this is the second victory in the history of the DBN network that uh, that I've been able to come to you after the game and, and talk about in celebratory fashion. This one, obviously, much, 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 much bigger than the first time around. Um, although the first time around was pretty big because it kept us from having the the winless season. Although, pff, fat lot of good that did because uh, they got that perfect year last year. At any rate, um, the downside of doing this is that I don't get to kind of bask in the immediate after game glory of those uh, those after game threads because and, and I love those th- those threads. I love them immensely and in 2014 we had seven of them you know in fact there were so many of them that uh for us anyway there was actually a controversy i should I probably shouldn't even talk about this there were there are people that will bring this up but all i'm saying is that the uh, post game uh gift is or the, the post game thread is for gifts and that is something i will plant my flag in the ground on and that is the way that that is and you know it's kind of like there's been enough time to pass by that's like you know I, and honestly those of you guys i've talked about this a little bit during the off season those of you guys that i've been kind of hanging with every day and if i leave anybody out here i don't mean to but like you know pads padua uh ntn not that noise um ocbb uh boo polis bupolis minoku uh john w you know 81 uh all shocker brown Again, I'm not trying to leave anybody out here. Uh, I, uh, my, my dude, uh, L. Dave Blow. I think that's how you say it. L. Da- one of the Daves, but the guy that's got kind of the cool Spanish name. My dude, actually. I love that guy. Um, all the Daves. All of you Daves out there. Um, and there's there's you know Dave Dog. There's Lawyer Dave, although he's uh, not there all that often. Of course, all of my dudes that are on the DB network, you know who you are, so I'm not even... But I'm saying that those of you that we kind of have this course, you know, uh, gin and tonic, we, you know, him <laughs> and Fortho, but uh, all you all you guys that we get together, Aaron, um, all you guys we get together every day, and again, I'm not trying... Navi, I'm not trying to leave anybody out here. That's that's the, that's the, the challenge of whenever you start naming off people that you, you feel like farm fest, you're going to miss, you're going to leave somebody out here, and I'm not trying... J. Dre, not trying to leave anybody out here, B-Kig. Um, but you guys that we've been, you know, we, 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 we've been, uh, you know, we've, we, we've been carrying the water. We've been talking about, we've been, we've been holding this thing together with basically nothing, uh, of substance to hold, to, to keep us going for, you know, over two years, two and a half years. And really longer than that, really three years. You go back to 2015. That was a three and 13 season. Nothing. So really, we're talking about three and a half years, almost four years, because we're have, you know we're three games into this one of coming at it every day and cont- and, and the reason that I mention all you guys. And again, if you, if I didn't, it's, if a beats Lego man, I mean, I love you guys. It, it, all you dudes that you know, you come there every day. You talk about this team because you love this team. Uh, this man, I, I this is this is for us. <laughs> that's, that's all I get. This is for us because we're the ones that have hung tough. And I'm not trying to you know uh, talk down on anybody else. There's a lot of people right now that are Browns fans just because I I, I ran into a lot of people over the last couple because they, they know that I'm a Browns fan because I you know I've been I've been loud and proud about it this whole time. And I, yeah, you know Deshaun Kaiser, he's show some good things. I, I know, hell, maybe RG, maybe Robert Griffin, maybe, maybe like, do some guy good out there. You know, they, they remember all this. And so they're like, hey, man, I'm actually watching this tonight, and I'm rooting for the Browns, and I think they could do it. 
And uh, so that's it, it's 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 great. All that's happening, and certainly there's people that's going to be coming out of the woodwork um, that that have kind of gotten away. But I don't blame anybody for stepping away because this has been a this has been a clown show these last couple of years. But to see it all culminate in finally on the field, a legit good quarterback out there making plays, making enough plays for us to beat, again, a legit good team. I don't care what anybody says. The Jets are a good team. Darnold is going to be, you know, certainly much better than he is. I'm not really the most positive that him playing his rookie year is the best thing for him, but I think that Todd Bowles is a good coach, and I've talked, you know, my my rule on this, it's kind of like the three-year rule, and because of the whole dynamic with Baker, which by the way, we don't even have to think about the the whole quarterback draft uh, paradigm anymore. We don't have to worry about the whole conversation about whether or not to start a rookie or to sit. We're starting this guy. We better be starting this guy, and like I said, I haven't seen any of the post-game stuff from Hugh, but if anything from Hugh is anything other than this is the starter from here on in, then, then we need to blow this thing up because that kid showed that he's the best quarterback on the team tonight and there's no there's there's just no there, there's nothing left to argue about this and so that's great so the, no more quarterback controversy not there really ever was one uh and i'm uh, i'm gonna touch on that a little bit why kind of why because you know i i gotta be honest with you there's been people that have said you know well, why why hasn't he been starting the whole time and i think there's a reason for that and uh, maybe i won't get into it because we're happy we're happy tonight uh, tonight's a happy night and and we and, and tonight should be a happy night because it wasn't just a win you know we've had wins before remember the 6-3 win over buffalo uh all those years ago uh, we've had game in fact we've had games that we won in years past at the end of years where if we don't win those games then maybe we end up with a higher pick and get one of those quarterbacks that we ended up not having a chance on and that went on for a lot of years we had a lot of years of going uh, four and 12 and five and 11 before this iteration of going now we are if you go back our last actually now i can uh how does this work out now we are we are now five (laughs) big fat squiggly five we've uh, finally off the four spot we are now what five i think uh 45, 50, and 1, I believe, now is the record if you go back over the last, what is that, 56 games? I'm almost positive that's the record. If not, it's pretty close. It's either 550 or 549, but I'm, I'm almost positive it's 550 and 1 over the last. So, I mean, before that even happened. We had the half year, well, the um, three quarters of the year, where uh, we, we opened up the year seven and four. Felt like we were doing pretty good. Thought the stuff was really working out, and then, and then, literally since then, that has been our record. Uh, like I say, five fifty and one. And so, before then, before that year in twenty fourteen, we had gone. That was the the basically the teeter totter. Every single year, we're four and twelve, five and eleven, four and twelve, five and eleven, uh, except for two thousand and seven. So we had gone seven years before having a winning season, and that was the uh, the year that we went ten and six and missed the playoffs. Uh, and prior to that, we hadn't had a winning season until uh, ex- except for uh, two thousand and two. When, which was five years prior to that, and that was when we went with a nine and seven record and blew it a, a big uh, playoff lead that we had against the Steelers at Ketchup Field, and so you know th- this this win here 
is so much bigger than so many of the wins that we've experienced over the years because this win tonight, it did a couple of things. Uh, there, were, there was a lot of um, thought going into this certainly i subscribe to this i was one of the people that that had this 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 thought process that if we didn't win this game tonight they talked about it before the game that as in the announcers uh, talked about it before the game that there was an an attitude of expectation there was there was an energy that the fans had they expected to win that game tonight and a team that is you know it's third week of the year they haven't won a game yet yeah they tied in, in the first week and Came up just short, so there's patience there. This is a tremendously patient fan base, and for you know that for that to, for all that to happen, you know, I was of the mindset if Hugh Jackson didn't win this game tonight, then he's got to be on. The, you know, he's on. He's extremely on the hot seat. And if it were to happen because Tyrod Taylor was playing terribly, like he was, unfortunately, because I really like the man, but it's what it is. Well, if, he, if if our poor if the poor performance because he was playing poorly, well then hey, uh, you know then you got to make the move. Well, because it didn't go down that way, that means that you know what maybe we don't have to do the blow up, and that might redound to our ultimate benefit because even though Hugh Jackson has not proven himself to be a good coach, I don't think at least to this point in his uh, tenure with us, he could get better. And with a good quarterback that can maybe mask some of his deficiencies, maybe he can grow to be better over time. The downside is that if he's a limiting factor, then maybe you have a quarterback that masks his uh, deficiencies enough to where, you know, he holds you back in those key moments because we actually may have a guy that can get us to that next level. But I don't want to, I don't want to get ahead of myself. Let's, 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 you know, walk before we run here. But just on the very short, um, you know, view of this immediately, uh, Hugh Jackson doesn't have to worry about that. In fact, his guys can celebrate this good and long because they got what eleven days off, and so they can, ten days off. So they can really, they can really drink this in. They can really relish this, and, and they should. They need to. They really need to, because this is a big deal. Beating the Jets was a big deal, but going out and playing in Oakland—that's going to be a big deal when when that happens in in uh, week four. But it's a big win tonight. For that reason, because the team, um, if they were to, to have lost this game tonight especially the way that it was going in the first half, I, I, I don't know that that team recovers. I don't know that they get back out there and give it the same, you know, the, 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 when, when we're going into the game next week against Oakland. Because you know, we've seen it happen in the last years that after you get to, you know, 0-3, 0-4, it's not that the guys quit, because I don't think the guys ever quit on Hugh Jackson, but there's definitely a difference. And there's, there's this expectation that shit's – I'm sorry. <laughs> I bleep that out there. Expectation that stuff is going to go badly. That um, that things are are going to go wrong, and that uh, and that just that ends up becoming a self fulfilling prophecy. And so tonight it didn't go wrong. We got it done, and the reason we got it done is we had a guy that was able to come in there and overcome all of it. Was able to overcome the drop passes, overcome the false starts and the holding penalties. Was able to overcome the fact that the defense, after playing very well, all of a sudden couldn't hold the Jets and allows them to march down the field and score after tying the game up. Overcomes all of that and wins the game and it's a big deal because of what it means for the team culture because of what it means after this long losing streak but it means so much for more than anything else because you gotta know you gotta know by watching that game tonight that we got our guy 
There's just no doubt about it. Baker Mayfield is the quarterback of not just the future, but the right now. This kid is ready to go. And look at if uh, let, let's let's give Hugh the benefit of the doubt here, okay? Let's say that the only way that Mayfield comes out and looks as good as he does is if he doesn't spend not even one practice session with the ones the entire time and gets out there in a uh, injury type situation because he sat the first two games, two and a half games, he was ready to go out there and look as good as he did. I'll give him credit for it. Whatever, I don't care. the The point is he's on the field right now. Let's go do this. Because now if we got a guy that is able to extend those drives and put some points on the board, help this defense out, guys, I mean, you've seen this defense, right? I mean, what have you seen the first two games? We put some points on the board. We can probably hang with some teams. And look, we hung with two teams that went to the divisional playoff round last year. That's pretty good. You know, that's that's what? That's the Elite Eight uh, in the NFL. And we hung tough with those guys. And if we would have had... I mean, if we would have had a, you know, a, 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 not really that much more offense in either of those games, we win either, We win both of those games. Well, I think that we just got a lot more offense. And I think that with that lot more offense, I think we match up well against a team like the Raiders, and I think we're going to look pretty good playing against those guys. In fact, I think from this point forward, we're going to look like a much different team. And no, I'm not worried about jinxing anything, because you know what? This was the first time, I don't know, since maybe... I think maybe since the Chicago game, I picked us to win the. Actually, you know, I think I picked us to win the Pittsburgh game only because I wasn't going to accept 0-16 until it happened. But I don't really think that I believed we were going to win the Pittsburgh game, even when we had a shot there at the end. I kind of felt like we were going to beat the Bears, second to last game of last year. So I guess that's the last time that I uh, got myself thinking this way. But I really came into this game with some confidence that we were going to win when Baker came in in the second quarter. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm, I'm going to be. Uh, I'm, I'm going to be I'm gonna, candidly. Um, I, I felt like we're going to win this game. I, I honestly, I had that we're going to win this game because he's going to make plays. I wasn't. I wasn't surprised. I was. I was invigorated. I was. I was fulfilled in in ways that I, I haven't felt. Uh, we haven't had a talent at the quarterback position like Baker Mayfield, maybe ever. I, I, and, and I'm not trying to get. I'm not trying to go too hard, too fast here. Uh, because maybe it is worth... I'm not going to get into the Hugh thing. Uh, I, I, there's time to talk about that later as to why uh, Mayfield didn't hasn't been the starter the entire time. But it's not, it's not worth getting into right now. And I'm not going to get into it right now. Point is, he's the starter right now. And so since he's the starter right now, uh, man, let's get on with it. And I think that uh, we got... I'll tell you what. If, if you have been sitting on guys like Callaway and Njoku and uh, Landry and even Rashard Higgins for your fantasy team, pick them up. Pick them up. They got a guy that's going to get them the ball now. And there's, there's, no, there's never been a game that I can remember. I mean, unless we're going back to, I mean, the early days when Derek Anderson, but even Derek Anderson, if you go back to that how that whole thing unfolded in the first place he wasn't no first pick overall i think he was drafted in the, s- the sixth round by the ravens is that right he's either drafted by the ravens or the chefs and he wound up on one of their practice squads so we got him and then he just came in in his second year after charlie fry started we get pounded by the steelers 48 to 14 and then the next game da comes in and puts up 51 on the Bengals, of course, they almost beat us because they, they put up 45. And we had to get a uh, interception at the very end of the game there in order to win that thing. But 
That was one. That was a game where if you watch it, it's like okay, there was a whole lot of YOLO throws on there. There was a whole lot of of. It's like you'd rather be lucky than good. And hey, it was another one of those situations where we had been you know losers for a long time. So I don't care how we get the win. That was exciting to watch. But then he goes out there the next game. And I think it was against the Dolphins, and he lights them up. And I'm like, all right, cool, man. This is actually working out all right. And that was kind of a feeling like, all right, it looks like we finally got this quarterback situation, you know, resolved. But, you know, the thing about that is, and, hey, maybe this season will play out the same way. It won't. Spoiler alert. But, you know, what ended up happening was D.A. goes out there, and if you really track that season, he was he got progressively worse as the season went on in every game. Like that first game against the Bengals, he just he, you know, he slayed it, fifty-one points. I think the next game they put up thirty-eight, and and they and he had good games. Don't get me wrong. I'm just saying that he he did not have the early part of the season. He had huge success. Mid part of the season, he had um, you know mid-range success. And then there was that game late in the year against the Bengals again, and he was just he was just terrible. And we ended up losing that game because we lost that game. Not just did we not make the playoffs, if we win that game, we would have won the division, and I think we would have had a first-round bye. And it was because of the poor play of uh, Derek Anderson that we lost that game. And so it's what it is. Now, but then the next thing, the next season, you're thinking, all right, but he's still young. I think he was 24. And uh, we're going to be, we're, we're still going to be good. Nope. Nope, he comes in the next year, was terrible, and we had Brady Quinn sitting on the bench, so eventually he got in there. He wasn't much better. Uh, yeah, stuff went wrong. But uh, that was the last time that I really felt like we had a legit, you know, first-round caliber quarterback prospect. You know, I, I tried to talk myself into it with Manziel. But there just was never enough there. There was that Steeler game. And look, Manziel in that Steeler game didn't look as good as Baker did tonight. Not even close. But uh, the – the uh, who, who else? Whedon? Whatever. Whedon's the one you – know, there's two moments in my lifetime where I've thrown a beer at the television because of a Browns-related situation. And that – the first time was when Jamal Lewis hung 295 on us in 2003. And the second time was when we drafted Brandon Whedon. And so I didn't have you know, high expectations at all. I never felt like that really was going to pan. I knew, there were some moments where I thought, yeah, well, yeah, 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 give the guy a shot, give the guy a shot. And then he did the under lob against the, the Alliance. Like, okay, no, it's done. We're done. We're done here. Let's move on to the next thing. Jason Campbell? Sure, fine, whatever. Let's, let's do it. So then Quinn, you know, I, I, I had, you know, I would have liked to have seen him play more, but I never really got the sense that he was the guy because he got traded. And that was that, and and so they're really couch. I definitely felt like we had it with couch. I, I will say that. So I guess how, that's how long it's been. It has been since Tim Couch, since I have had this feeling of we've got the quarterback. And even then, uh, my football watch as as advanced a football watcher as I was at the time, uh, I, I don't think that um, I, I fully appreciated just how valuable and rare that was, or else I may have been more adamant about, not that it would have mattered, but been more adamant about us doing up to shore up the offensive line. Which, by the way, when Mayfield got in the game tonight, that offensive line, particularly in the second half, was great. That offensive line was fantastic once Baker got in the game. And, I, and I, the reason for this, I think, and also, the running game picked up once Baker got into the game. Because once the Jets had to abandon what they had game plan for, because they knew what Tyrod Taylor's limitations were, and that May, uh, Mayfield could actually beat man, once that happened, well, that opened up a lot of things. And that, oh, that, that, uh, that tightened up what they were 
or I should say that limited what they could do defensively. And what did that co- that caused confusion, that caused open lanes, that caused May- that caused Mayfield to pick them apart. And again, he did this cold off the bench without any reps with the first team all year. I, I, to me, that's just such an important part of all of this. The guy has not been with the first team all year. By the way, did you notice in the first half when, uh, uh, you know, Thyroid makes a terrible pass, Lando makes a great catch and extension to get the first down, and they show Mayfield on the sidelines, and he's, like, all pumped up because I got the first down? You know, that's exactly the type of guy that you want on your team. He's not in there playing. He probably knows that he could do better if he's in there. And yet, um, he's there giving it his all because he's he's the ultimate teammate. Guys, we got we 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 got we got a real good one. We we got the best one. And if you don't believe me, I mean, compare what he did uh, to what the other rookie that was on the field tonight did. You you tell me that watching that game. And look, I'm not trying to say that uh, a a one game should be the measure, particularly of two rookies. This is not me saying this one game is total validation of anything. My evaluation on Mayfield is that he would be the exception to the usual three-year easy rule, which I'm not going to drum out at this point. But I thought he was special, which is why I was so adamant about the whole draft process. And I think that uh, when I watch him doing what he's doing, I'm not surprised by it because I expect to see it happen. But at the same time, uh, it, it, it... it's 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 one of these things that until you see it, it's I'm not really explaining myself very well here. <laughs> Maybe it's just because I'm elated. Uh, I've been talking for an hour nonstop about this. Uh, I'm just as excited as I can possibly be because the future of the Cleveland Browns is bright with you know Baker Mayfield putting up points, Miles Garrett and Larry Ogunjobi. I think I almost got to put him in the conversation now because the more people key on Miles, the more big Larry's going to be there to to uh, take you down. And uh, I I'm I, there's never been more reason to be excited from a talent standpoint than there is right now uh, for the Cleveland Browns. But you know I'll, I'll throw another honorable mention out there tonight to Jabril Peppers in the sense that I saw him make a couple of decent plays on defense and also and I don't get this it looked to me like he really had done well on the fielding of the punts he, he took that one on a dead run and then later in the game they take him out and they got uh, Lando and uh, Callaway back there uh, doing the kicks and the punts I'm like why, why, why? to me it looked like I'm, I was getting to the point where I'm starting to get confidence in, Jab- in Peppers making those if we look if, like, I've talked about this last week if we just have a guy that can fair catch the ball credibly and reliably every time I'm good so if Peppers can do that I'm great and the fact that he made that play on a dead run and still was able to pick up some yards maybe this kid might actually break one at some point he did actually show some of that ability uh, at at uh, T-Fun but the, uh, the whatever I, I as I, I whatever the reason was we made the switch I don't know if he was hurt or or whatever or just needed to get the break or we thought that we'd get an advantage um, I just thought that it was worth giving him an honorable mention I already gave Batonio the honorable mention for picking up the ball even though it didn't count still a great effort there um, I thought that uh, Joe Schobert uh, got caught up on a couple of inside runs but all, overall played very well and the uh, and by the way, Jannard Avery, how you liking that draft pick in the fifth round? Got to hand it to Meathead again. Three years and all of that. But how how many times have we seen a draft class perform this well this early? 
I mean, what? Uh, yeah, Chubb had the problem with the the blocked punt. I think he had one carry besides that. When he has carried the ball, you 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 know you've seen him make some plays, right? I think carrying the ball is probably what he's going to do most for us. Yeah, he's got to get the blocking down. But uh, I, I you're, there's definitely a lot of talent there. Haven't seen a whole lot of Chad Thomas or um, the or uh, Austin Corbett, but I have seen quite a bit out of Antonio Callaway and Jannard Avery. And so when you're looking at and, and oh by the way Denzel Ward who had a fumble recovery on a ball that he ripped out of the guy's arms. What a stud that guy is. I mean, when you look at a defensive front that has Garrett and Ogunjobi, backers like Schobert and you know, Collins didn't look like a liability again. There's kind of a big – and Kirko wasn't in the lineup tonight. But a rough uh, uh, injury for Burgess. But then Avery comes in, and Avery looks like a stud at that linebacking core. Now we have Denzel Ward in the secondary. Demarius Randall uh, has been – I mean – you talk about these are guys that you know Meathead brought over, and again that that is a, a term of affection when I talk about the Browns general manager John Dorsey. He brought in you know, he had that big trade night where he brought in Landry and uh, Taylor and Randall from trades, and two out of three of those guys uh, have been superb acquisitions. There's just no way about and, and Landry. You know Landry's a guy. I talked about this before. He he likes to he likes to stir stuff, and I, I saw him getting out there, getting after people, and trying to cause. He, he just he just causes stuff. He's a. I'm glad he's on the team. I'll just say it that way. And I tell you what, now that now that Mayfield is in there, if you didn't have him starting, you might want to have him starting because I think that you're going to start seeing that guy pick up like you know, in in the in the large like eight, ten, twelve, fifteen catches a game type. You know the, the guy because he can get open, and Mayfield will throw to the open guy. And I think that was going to be a competition for guys to get open, to get passes, to get stats, and we're going to score some points, y'all. I'm uh, I, I am just as excited as I can possibly be. This is a um, this this is this has been the most uh, fun moment in uh, the DBN Network's history. That has been um, the the most fun game watching experience in uh, in a long time. Uh, even even more so than the Christmas Eve game, which was fun. It, it, it really was. That was that was that was a big win, and I I enjoyed it certainly. And we've had other ones that I've I've loved, but this one, this one, this 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 one. You know, uh, I, I'm going to tell you some some of the the ones that mean the most to me. The one that we had, and not in any particular order. Um, the one that we had in Baltimore that year in 2007. We had we had the lead, and uh, then Kyle Bowler, of all people, drives down the field, scores a touchdown to take the lead late, late in the game. So D.A. had to make some, some uh, hero plays, and he did. Phil Dawson comes in and nails a long field goal, and the ball bounced off the stanchion that holds up the uprights. And... It bounced back through, so the Ravens thought that it hit the crossbar, and the fans thought that the game was over and that we lost, but no, actually the kick had gone through, it had just bounced back after it hit the stanchion and bounced back through, so the game was going to overtime. In overtime, on the returning kickoff, Joshua Cribs, and, and look, I, 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 am, I am Joshua, if you're out there, I love you, man, I love you, he's, he's part of my all-time favorites I love that guy. And of all of the highlights of his career, all of the times where I can proudly look back on a Joshua Cribbs moment with just unmitigated love and joy watching, there's none more so than on the on the kickoff that started overtime in that game in 2007. He takes the ball. He gets hit at about our 35-yard line, and he 
pushes the pile a good 15 yards to get it past midfield to open up the drive in overtime. He so wanted to win that game. And then uh, Kellen Winslow makes a big catch uh, on that drive, puts us in field goal range. Dawson knocks it through. We beat the Ravens, and that was one of the biggest wins you know, of, of my lifetime, right? And that's what really kind of what I'm talking about here. Another one was the game. This was... This was week seven of the – or week six of the – no, it was week seven of the 1993 season. Browns are playing the Steelers, and this was a game for the division. We were both we, – we both came into that game t- uh, four and two, and it was the game where uh, Vinny started. He got hurt. Bernie came in, actually ran a naked bootleg uh, on a third down play and ran for a first down. It was hilarious. But uh, it was a forerunner to things to come. It was actually the last game, the last win the Browns had that he was a part of. Of course, we didn't know that at the time. But in that game, we stopped the Steelers. We are down uh, 23-21 to 21 late in the game. And they, uh, they, they, we stopped the Steelers. James Jones stops Barry Foster on a third down play. Yeah, I, I, I have the memory. And then Mark Royals, I, how do I remember this? He, he punts it. To I already mentioned Joshua Cribs is one of my favorite players. Another one of my all-time favorite players is Eric Metcalf. And Eric Metcalf had already returned a punt, a team record, I want to say 91 yards. 91 yards punt, that's a long-ass punt return. And, he, and that was the longest in team history, which I believe that record still stands, um, earlier in the game. And he took one back from 75, and the one from 75 was... It was majestic. It's difficult to describe. Look it up on YouTube. Just type in Eric Metcalf punt return Steelers, and you will see one of the most. Chris Collinsworth is calling the game, and his reaction is is the uh, um, the reaction by Nev Chandler is just off the charts. That was I was and you know. I, I always uh, like to tell these stories. I was at that game at Old Municipal Stadium, and being in the stadium for that moment was a feeling. Beating the Steelers, first of all, that's always special. I don't care what under any circumstances, but in a game like that, winning it like it was, particularly because that play was special. The amount of talent that was on display when we won that game by Eric Metcalf was special, the same type of special that we saw tonight, just in a different form. And then the other game that sticks out to me in terms of its importance was uh, that uh, a year later in the wild card round, 1994, where we hosted the playoff game against the uh, Patsies, and uh, we won that game 20-13, to 13, almost gave it up, but we won that game. The only playoff win that I've been able to experience in my now almost three decades of watching this team. And so th- probably in that order would be that game. The Oh, well, you know, I got I to gotta throw in one more. I got to throw in one more. And it was the tail end of the... 2002 season, the run William want run. That's the one where uh, we're we, we if we win, it was we had to beat Atlanta, the Michael Vick Atlanta Falcons. We had to beat Atlanta, and we had just gone on a, a great run. Like Tim Couch had won uh, like like six out of ten games down the stretch, or whatever six out of nine down the stretch, and some some really like come from behind awesome games during that stretch. And so we had to beat the Falcons, and that was the game where we're down late, and William Green busts off like a 64-yard touchdown run, and uh, and then the, of all things, the Jets go into the to uh, Green Bay. 
and beat the hell out of the Packers, which was something that we needed to have happen. And so we end up making the playoffs. Uh, so that game that we beat the Falcons in uh, the the is not certainly at the top of the list, but it was probably the playoff game that we won. The uh, the the Steeler game of the Metcalf punt returns. The uh, the uh, playoff the the game that sealed the playoff game. Uh, in 2002, and in that game against the Ravens in 2007. This game, I would probably put it, um, I probably put it actually maybe on par with the playoff game. I'm dead serious, because it's such an important, not just that we won the game, but how we won the game. We won the game while our legitimate quarterback of the not just future, but the right now was established. There's nothing else to talk about. Baker Mayfield is the guy. He's our guy, and he's going to be our guy for a long time. And my friends, there could not be a, a better news uh, for the direction of this franchise that you and I have so faithfully stood behind, and now we are finally, finally in a place where we are going to be rewarded for that patience. And so now, as it is already past 1 a.m. here on the East Coast, um, I love y'all. This has been so much fun. Uh, The Baker era begins, and I I can't be more excited about that. Browns win, Browns win. 21-17, the Browns win. And we have a nice long uh, wait for the next game and uh, plenty of time to enjoy this. And, uh, you know, we deserve it. And uh, I, I enjoy talking to you, as I always do. And we'll, uh, we'll we'll hit it up again sometime soon. I'm sure there'll be other programs coming up uh, quickly, uh, you know, in short order here on the DBN Network. But I do appreciate you being out there. Great time, fun times, great win. We'll talk to you again soon. This has been Easy Does It. My name is Easy Weave on the DBN Network. We'll talk to you next time. And until then, good luck. God bless. So- My name is Spencer Hall. My name is Jason Kirk. My name is Ryan Nanny. And when we combine, we form the, the Shutdown, Shutdown Fullcast. Fultron! I keep telling you, we're not Fultron. The Shutdown Fullcast is technically a college football podcast, but it's also a show about lawn care disasters, regional grocery stores we love, Tennessee Batman, homeowners associations, Bears and video games. I mean, there's also some actual football discussion, like about coaches having huge contracts or coaches making terrible decisions or coaches saying really stupid things. Or the NCAA saying really stupid things. Yeah, there's lots of stupid things in this big, dumb, beautiful sport. Sometimes we talk about football games. Allegedly. If you want to take college football exactly as seriously as it deserves to be taken, come find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever else you listen to podcasts like this one. The Shutdown Podcast. It's not Voltron.